you'll remember that Mark's gospel is designed to introduce us to Jesus because he himself is the good news. He is the gospel for us, Mark says even in the first verse. He does this by selecting the key events in his life, his baptism, which is his consecration, his setting apart for ministry, the calling of his first disciples in chapters 1 and chapters 3, the feeding of the 5,000, which is the miracle which is recorded in all four Gospels, his transfiguration where God reveals to his closest disciples after he's confessed that he is the Christ, what he looks like in glory, he's transfigured. And then as in all the Gospels, the account of his Last Supper, his betrayal by Judas, his death on the cross at the hands of the Romans, but with the Jewish nation complicit in it. And finally, of course, his resurrection to new life, to eternal life, never to die again. We've seen four weeks ago that his authority as a person is set forth as he forgives sin, something which only God can do. His authority is confirmed by his power to heal, something which in this human life was very important then and is now as well. He healed the sick and he cast out evil spirits. He healed the leper and the paralytic, the demon-possessed man, the deaf and the mute, the boy with an evil spirit. And then two weeks ago, Tim showed us how he healed the dead girl, brought her back to life, and the woman with an issue of blood. And we really understood that Jesus responds to their faith. They were expecting him to work in their lives. And now we see in this chapter 7, which Lynn has read for us, his authority. He teaches with authority. It's really important to understand this teaching with authority. We saw it in chapter 1 and verses 21 through 27, first of all, where the people were amazed and they said, what's happening here? This man is teaching us something new, new to them because the religious leaders weren't teaching, but actually not new in terms of God's message. He even commands evil spirits and they obey him. And it says, and with authority. It says in chapter 6 that he taught with wisdom. It says on the Sabbath day, he went in the synagogue and taught. Many people heard him and were amazed, saying, where did this man get these teachings? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? And where did he get the power to do miracles? You see that his miracle healing power and his teaching, his ability to forgive sins, were coming together in him as a human being, as God's representative, as a son of man and the son of God. And then later on in that same chapter 6, we see that he, he taught with compassion. It says in verse 34, When he arrived, he saw a great crowd waiting. He felt sorry for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. And so pastors need to lead their flocks. And the primary gift of a pastor is to teach truth. That's why they're called pastor teachers in Ephesians chapter 4. People without teaching don't know how to know God, don't know how to live, don't know what's wrong with themselves. And so Jesus is clear about these things in his teaching and he teaches with authority in this way. 
what did he teach about? He taught about the kingdom of God. And of course, the king was there. Jesus himself was teaching about the kingdom of God. He said, it's near. And so therefore, people needed to repent, stop trusting what they used to trust, and instead trust the king. Later, he will teach about his own coming death and resurrection. But in this chapter 7, we see that he, he's teaching in response to a question of the Pharisees. And it ends up teaching people how to truly know God. Or rather, in this case, how not to know God before he gets to the problem of what is actually wrong with humans. So that they can know God in a further process. Let's see how the story commences. In chapter 7 and verse 1, it says that the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the Lord come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus and saw some of the disciples eating food with hands that were unclean. And so the Pharisees thought that their observation of traditions, this definition of unclean and clean about being external and food and platters and, and other washings that they observed, made them right with God. They thought that religious tradition, i.e. that which is conformity to human standards and traditions, and is often used by religious people to control or to define or to box people in into who is good and bad, is what makes this conformity, is what makes people right with God. Jesus says that the problem with conformity to outward human traditions is this ends up as hypocrisy. Verse 6, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You see, the problem is, is when the mouth says you can be right with God by obeying traditions, it's different than the heart because the heart is still wrong. And there's a hypocrisy there. Jesus continues to challenge them that they've actually missed the true heart of God by keeping their traditions. Verse 8 says, You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. He shows them a very explicit example, which actually cuts right to the core of where they're at. He says, you've set aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. Moses, speaking on behalf of God, said, honour your father and mother. But you set it aside by saying that if a man wants to give something to his parents to take care of them, he can instead give it to, to God via the synagogue. There's even more hypocrisy here than that, because that helped the Pharisees, the religious leaders, to keep in business through this way of giving. Jesus says, this is not right. And we must always evaluate with our traditions. The things we hold dear sometimes are actually hindering us and others from truly knowing who God is. This was a big problem for the early disciples, this food issue. It crops up in Acts chapter 15 when the early disciples thought that the new Gentile converts should actually keep all the dietary laws which the Jews had never been able to keep anyway. Paul calls them to task and says, no, that is not how it should be. We need to accept that God saves by grace and we continue by grace as well. Just note as an aside that this command to honour your father and mother 
is repeated in several places. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Two very simple commands about families, but at City Church, we really do believe that children should honour their parents, whether they're three, 23, 43 or 63, in the appropriate way for their age, because we want to live before the Lord in a proper manner. Jesus comes to the real problem with human beings in verse number 14. He called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, is what makes comes out of a man that makes him unclean. Jesus is saying food, which comes from outside a man, going into him, into the digestive tract, and then coming out, can't make a man clean or unclean in the spiritual sense. It might do physically, it might make you sick, but it won't make you spiritually sick. Jesus contrasts that with what actually does make a person unclean in verse 20. He went on, for what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean, not what goes in. From within, out of men's hearts, comes these things. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. Stupidness, if you will. All these things come from out of a man and make him unclean. Sin, therefore, is not defined by what we put into our bodies from outside. It's defined by what's in our inner man, in our heart, in our flesh, to use Paul's terminology in the epistles. The Pharisees had made the dietary laws, which were intended for our good, to be the definition of sin and righteousness. We always need to understand God's purpose, for which he has decreed certain things, not mix them up, not try and control people by the wrong use of God's commands. Jesus doesn't say here that he came to die, but we know he did. He's going to go on to teach about that. And that is what actually does cleanse us from these inner things. Trusting what he did on the cross, his death and his resurrection, to take away our sin. And so the good news in the midst of this, Jesus is the authority to forgive sins by what he will do. He's the authority to take care of us in the physical realm now. He has the authority and the power to make us right on the inside before God, to cleanse us properly. Can I ask you two questions? Friend, are you following traditions of man, external religious duties to try and make yourself right with God? It can't be done. Jesus came to show us a different way. Trust him. He's worth it. Christian, have you discovered that you know that faith, trusting him, makes us right with God. But there is power available because he gave his spirit so we don't keep having to do those same things which are in our, in our inner man. As Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, the acts of the flesh are obvious and a description of the flesh which is very like what Jesus said. Immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, rage, ambition, dissensions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. 
I warn you, as I did before, that those who are like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Jesus deals with the heart by his death, gives us a spirit so we can be different. True faith is never about external traditions.